Chapter Thirty of Tom Playfair or Making a Start by Francis J. Finn, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Thirty Conclusion The early history of Tom Playfair is told. On the day he made his first communion, he may be said to have made his start in life. All the events dating from his first introduction to the reader, delay, disappointment, sorrow, disaster, all had converged into the shaping and perfecting of that day of days into the moulding of a noble character. Tom had met with two tragic experiences beyond the lot of most boys of his years and condition in life, and he had borne them bravely. He had suffered, moreover, a bitter trial, none the less a trial that it was in part self-imposed, and his act of obedience had purified and strengthened him but he was still deficient. The evil effects of his unequal home training had not been entirely effaced. About him there still lingered a touch of forwardness and the shadow of a boyish irreverence towards his elders. Mr. Meadow's influence had woven itself into his very texture. To borrow a schoolboy's expressive phrase, he was somewhat fresh. He united in his character great physical and great moral courage, but the sweet modesty and gentleness which impart a luster to perfect bravery were yet to come. He was a manly boy. The manliness was rough at the edges. On the last day of the school year, Tom tapped at Mr. Middleton's door to exchange a few words of farewell. Ah, Tom, I'm glad you've come. You're always welcome, but now... So you're going? Yes, sir, and I've come to ask your pardon, Mr. Middleton, for all the trouble I've given you. You know, sir, I can hardly help wriggling, and it's so hard to keep quiet four hours a day when there's such a good chance for a little fun sometimes. And then, sir, I've got to talk sometimes. I can't hold in. Well, Tom, I haven't complained, have I? No, sir, that's the way you make me feel mean. You're so patient. If I were in your place, I'd raise a row, sure. If I have been patient, I have had my reward. For I'm glad to tell you, Tom, that your improvement in conduct and in application has been so steady that it could be noticed almost each week. Thank you, sir, said Tom, blushing. Like most generous, noble-hearted boys, he was a hero-worshipper, and from the time of the memorable interview between himself and Mr. Middleton, on the day that Tom and Pitch smoked together, his professor had been his hero. Tom had been conquered by kindness, a conquest, it is scarcely necessary to say, no less credible to the victor than to the vanquished. He had issued from that interview Mr. Middleton's disciple, and a faithful disciple he had been. No wonder, then, that his chubby cheeks colored with pleasure at these kindly words of commendation. You remember, Tom, continued Mr. Middleton, fixing an earnest look upon the little lad. You remember that letter I sent your father nearly two years ago. I shall never forget it, sir. Well, I ventured on a bold prediction in it, and I have not been disappointed. Tom could have kissed the hand extended to him. In our American way, he squeezed it heartily. I must add, though, continued Mr. Middleton, that you've lost a friend you could ill spare. Jimmy Aldine? Yes, he had a gentleness and sweetness of disposition which exerted a marked influence upon you for good. He was a true friend. You needed such a friend. So did Harry Quip. You and Harry have helped each other, too. But James Aldine had an influence that stepped in where yours and Harry stopped short. He was in a manner a visible guardian angel to you both. He was like the fairy prince I read about the other day when I was alone in the infirmary with a sore throat, and didn't know what to do with myself, sighed Tom. I got thinking of him when I was reading. I miss him very much, sir. He was the nicest boy I ever met. 
ah tom if you could find another friend like him well sir i'm young yet and there's no end of good boys in the world if a fellow could only find them out maybe there'll be lots of nice new boys here next year pray tom pray for another james aldine i will indeed sir and with a swelling heart he bade his teacher farewell on that very day a baltimore gentleman was bidding farewell to his daughters and an only son the fairy prince who were departing for cincinnati to reside there with their aunt while their father was to spend the summer in europe with his invalid wife this was the beginning of events which bore closely upon the conversation just recorded and upon the after-life of tom knowing nothing of this tom prayed all vacation for the new friend and in september his prayer was heard those of my readers who are interested in tom will learn in percy wynne or making a boy of him how and under what circumstances he met with his fairy prince the end end of chapter thirty recording by maria therese end of tom playfair or making a start by francis j finn s j